Welcome back to another episode of Lady, You're Scaring Us. I'm Hillary. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. Mama! Yeah, Morgan's <laughs> back. So we are having to um, record with Morgan remotely due to scheduling issues. And we may have a, a few episodes like this for a while. But we just, you know, she's the reason for this podcast. So we can't <laughs> can't not have her. She is the reason for the season. Reason for the oh season. <laughs> Taylor, were you jealous that she and I did a little, little something-something without you? <laughs> Honestly... No, I wasn't as jealous oh. as I thought I was going to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Mainly well, because they were like, oh, Taylor's not here. And I go, oh. so they're thinking Well, your birthday's me. in April, so. Yeah, it so didn't make fuck sense. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I, I, my birthday's not in April, but my birthday does land in the months that serial killers yeah. come from. So <laughs> and I said that, that in our podcast. Yeah, she it did. Cut it, cut, it cut that part out. Remember we had that when I said we, the little error? Um, oh occurred. yeah yeah oh. so in the last podcast in the little bonus episode i mentioned that you know while april might be the season for killing it doesn't mean people born in april are killers most serial killers are born between november and march and taylor's birthdays in december just saying <laughs> May, nothing but a killer but i did enjoy listening to it because it was just it was soothing you were just you was a solo artist no i wasn't. Yeah. I had morgan we had morgan but you were telling morgan morgan yeah but you were yeah Mm. Well, yeah. Well, you want to know something about Morgan? She hasn't. She didn't I'm listen gone. to our two episodes without her. She said, "Fuck you guys." It's just disrespectful. Oh. At this point. If it ain't about me, I don't want Sorry, to do y'all. I've <laughs> been busy. Uh, I'll try to listen to them this week. Oh, you'll try. We get it. You're better than us. Yes. Yes, I am. I'm not. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> Shady's back. So Shady's back. <laughs> Back again. I'm not calling you Shady, oh by the way. She, oh. did. she just called you Shady. Slim Shady, that is. Oh my god. So, a little strawberry shortcake. Shady. So that, I am. that was my childhood nickname. Oh, Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Jeez. Okay. Morgan, you're not sleeping by yourself tonight. I mean, you're not. <laughs> Morgan, you're not uh, <clears throat> sleeping alone in the house tonight, are you? Well, she's not anymore. I'm just saying, if you're not, you better call someone to come over. Oh, God. Why? (laughs) Here we go. We know that you're in a new city, in a new place right now. And Uh um, there's serial killers everywhere. Just just saying that maybe you need to add in an extra blanket, maybe get a dog after you hear this. No, we have a dog. We actually do have a dog. Okay. What kind of dog? (laughs) Golden Retriever. That does nothing for you in this scenario. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No, he. No, no. He's useless, but well, he's cute. Just lock your doors. Um, here we go. Oh, perfect. From the inside. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I'm going to set the scene for you. Massachusetts. Town called Pepperell? Pepperell, Massachusetts? 1986. Pepperell. 1986. Let me preface okay. it by saying um, the first part of this story. There's some discrepancies. Uh, some names are different in some of the stories. And it's been told and retold. And parts have been... Traumatized? Dramatized? Not traumatized. <laughs> so in okay. some things, I, I tried my best to find the aspects that were true because there are some components that were added in that may not be true. And I'll let you know when we get to those. But okay. we're, we're in Massachusetts, 1986. Perfect. 15-year-old Tina Bowen lived with her dad and her 9-year-old sister, Karen. 
Tina's mother had tragically passed away from cancer the year prior. Being the sole provider of the family, their dad had to work more so he wasn't home a lot. This meant that Tina was responsible for looking after her little sister. One day, the girls started talking to a boy named Danny LaPlante when he called them up on the telephone. He told them that he had been given their number by a friend who went to the same school as them. Tina and Danny became well acquainted after several phone calls, so they arranged to go out on a date one evening. So they didn't know who this person was. They just got a phone call from him? No, he said, I'm a boy that goes to your school. And one of our mutual people gave me your phone number. Seems legit. Okay. (laughs) When Danny showed up to the door, Tina was kind of shocked to discover that the boy was the opposite of who he said he was. Instead of the athletic jock type boy she was expecting, her blind date was a disheveled, greasy, dark haired boy. Love that. What? Love that for her. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, huh, no. I'd say, what's up? Oh, my gosh. Tina let Danny take her to the local fair anyway, because you know what? Looks aren't everything. And if it were Hillary, Hillary would go because she'd want a pickled pizza. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fair? Did you say the fair? Let me go get that pickled pizza. Let me get a pickled pizza right quick. I can't and wait. some corn. But it better be drenched in butter. I Otherwise, can't send it because they back. don't have enough butter. She wants to die of a butter overdose on their corn. Mo butter, mo better. <laughs> so she went. You know, she gave him the benefit of the doubt, and they went to the fair anyway. But after just over an hour, she was like, "Um, I gotta go home," and left. I gotta yeah. go. Tina and her little sister Karen really struggled with their mother's death. One night when Tina was really missing her mother, she begged Karen to have a seance, naturally, when you miss your mother. Um, She wanted to see if they could communicate with their mother's ghost. Reluctantly, Karen agreed. The girls went down to the basement and sat around a Ouija board. Why you gotta do it in the basement? Oh, God. Because it's the ambiance. <laughs> gotta set the mood. You're not gonna do a fucking Ouija board out in the sunlight. Just not the same effect. You got to get deep down and gritty. Hey. I'm talking like that because we're in Massachusetts. Yeah. Right. I know. Oh, my God. Have you uh, ever played with a Ouija board? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> I ain't even going to ask you, Morgan. That's a dumbass question. <laughs> I was they don't even do Morgan, we already, know the, we already know the answer to your question. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't fuck with you. you. I don't fuck with ghosts. Devil. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I don't necessarily believe in it but i also don't want to find out if i'm wrong yeah i ain't super religious Mm. but i ain't fucking dumb right (laughs) i don't want to find out either way so anyway they play with the ouija board uh requesting Mm. their mom's soul to channel through while they were both hopeful that they might connect with their mother's ghost they knew that the likeliness of that happening was very low so they weren't surprised when nothing happened fuck man mom doesn't want to come play with us mama but later that night a tapping sound coming from the walls, woke up both girls. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it did. They argued for a moment about whether the other was making the tapping noise. Hillary, fucking stop. (laughs) Me, it's you. Stop. You're the worst. But soon, established that neither of them were doing it. It wasn't a random tapping. It sounded rhythmic and intentional, as if someone was trying to communicate with them. So they started asking questions to which the entity would reply with taps. Tap once for yes and two times for no. They knew it was their mother connecting with them after the seance. They just knew it because, you know, mom, she loved her taps. That sounds like her tapping. Mm. So at first, the girls were excited to be communicating with the mother that they missed so much. But then the tapping became incessant. 
It would happen constantly at night, and it was beginning to disturb their peace. Mom, fucking, fucking chill. Stop? <laughs> God. Like, you weren't yeah. even like this when you were alive. <laughs> Go back to wherever you came from. Go back to hell. Go mom. back in the board. Go back. <laughs> and- Go back to hell. <laughs> I don't know. I assume that's where Ouija board. You blew it. <laughs> I assume that's where Ouija board ghosts come from. Hell. Yeah. I mean, they the ones don't come heaven from heaven ain't got time. Right. <laughs> They're out here doing the Lord's work. Oh my They're being angels, not Hasbro game pieces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their excitement quickly turned to fear when they discovered messages written in different areas of the home that said things like I'm in your room and come and find me mm. this Mm-mm. wasn't their mother the, sure <laughs> the girls concluded that they had connected with a demonic presence or a poltergeist mm. that's what you get that's what yeah. you get fuck around and find out True. Mm. objects in the house began to disappear items oh that had been laid out on a table one day would be strewn across the floor the next. The girls would come home to find furniture moved from one side of the room to the other. They would come into the living room and find the TV channel had been changed without either of them doing it. Mm-hmm. The girl's father believed that the girls were just making up the stories and causing the havoc in their home. You two little shits aren't going to get me. <laughs> they, told th- <laughs> they told them how they had unknowingly allowed a vengeful ghost into their home. I'm sorry, Daddy. <laughs> but Frank refused to believe such absurdity. That ain't real. Those <laughs> the ghosts aren't real. Oh, Go yeah. to bed. I forgot we're in mess. Uh, it became a common occurrence for the girls to hear noises or find things in their home disturbed, then call their father crying and have him not believe them. He thought his daughters were emotionally struggling with the death of their mother. I say. One evening, the strange knocking had begun, but this time it seemed but it seemed they were coming from the basement. Grabbing a kitchen knife, smart, the girls made yeah. their way to the basement. As they did, First of all, bring dad. Dad's at work. Mm. Oh, fuck, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> as, they, <laughs> as they descended the stairs, they were met with a blood red message written on the basement wall. Oh my gosh. I'm in your room. Come find me. <laughs> the girls ran out of the house and over to their neighbors to wait for their dad. When they told him what they discovered, Frank Bowen again didn't believe their daughters. After that, he also thought that they were responsible for it. Clean this shit up. Listen, you guys, I'm done fucking hearing about it. Clean the ketchup off the floor, the walls, over it. Come on, guys. With the condiments. With the condiments. We're on a budget. Now I'm Italian. Anyway. Oh, my God. After, after the incident, he made Tina and Karen undergo counseling to help them cope with what he believed was the source of their struggling mental state. The grief of losing their mother. Maybe they should have done that a little bit Yeah, sooner, Frank, you're a little uh, late. Yeah. Mm. But but good job. No, but, 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 but we're respecting better, Frank. Better late than never. We're respecting Frank yeah. for being like you know. I can't help you with this. People are going to get really annoyed. With, Probably with that. So I don't give a shit. One day, the Bowens, along with the girl's friend Kathy, Kathy, came home and discovered that a toilet in the house has been used and multiple mm. items. Shitter skull. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Shit is full. <laughs> she came home and discovered that the toilet in the house had been used and multiple items were out of place. Frank started looking through the house and he opened a closet to find a man with spiked hair, a painted face, and wearing a hairy jacket while holding a spiked hatchet in one hand oh my and a steel wrench in the other. The intruder calmly ordered all four of them into the bedroom. Tina managed to escape 
running to a neighbor's house to call the police. By the time the police got there, the man had escaped. Oh, my gosh. Mm Mm-hmm. The Bowens, understandably, stayed somewhere else after this. But duh, <laughs> duh Morgan said. <laughs> but one night, Frank returned to the house to pick some things up, pulled mm-hmm. up to the house, and immediately called police upon seeing a face in the front window. Mm-hmm. Officers entered the home and discovered a family picture on the wall with a knife through it. Oh my gosh. I literally have chills right now. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> Written on the picture with a magic marker were the words, I'm still here, come find me. Mm-mm. On another wall was another picture with a knife through it and the phrase, I'm going to kill you all. They checked around the property and found nothing, but the officers refused to give up. Further investigation led the officers to an outer wall with an eight-inch opening that led to a small triangular space where some pipes were hidden. It was there that they discovered a large pile of clothes hiding none other than 16-year-old Daniel LaPlante. That was the boy that she went on a date with. A date with. Oh, wow. He was in the walls, Morgan. Mm. So the discrepancy with the story, some stories say that when they saw him, when when the dad first encountered him, he was dressed up mm-hmm. in the mom's wedding dress and had like makeup on and looked oh like gosh. the mom. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff said that wasn't true. I did hear that. Yeah. yeah. And I could Creepy. see, yeah, I could see where they added. Honestly, I kind of wish it had been true. That's that's why I think it was added in to <laughs> okay. make it more theatrical and yeah. weird. But um, some of the, some other reports said that this, this was just added in for extra drama. Well, it was dramatic, and I loved it. And some of the other aspects may not have been true. Like I said, it was hard to really find what was true. But what it boils down to is he was in their house fucking with them for a while. For a while. Once LaPlante had been removed from the scene, officers conducted a thorough search of the Bowen residence. To their horror, they discovered that Danny had been living inside the walls of their home. The passageway, which they discovered LaPlante in, had been tunneled around to the other areas of the house. There were a handful of peepholes dotted around so that he could observe Tina from whichever room she was in. Oh my gosh. So this is where speculation ends. The rest of this story is true. And factual. Danny LaPlante was born in 1970 in Townsend, Massachusetts. Danny LaPlante suffered a traumatic childhood. He was sexually and psychologically abused at the hands of multiple adults in his life. His father was the individual who administered the majority of his son's punishments, allegedly tormenting him physically, emotionally, and sexually on a regular basis. Mm. He struggled with school, both academically, uh, having been diagnosed with dyslexia at a young age, and he also social had social issues. He had a ve- he had very few friends and most of his classmates called him creepy, weird, and smelly. In his early teenage years, Danny was referred by school officials to a psychiatrist due to his abnormal behavior and his general reluctance towards his appearance, his hygiene, and self-improvement. His relationship with the psychiatrist eventually took a dark turn when the um, psychiatrist made sexual advances towards him. Oh, my gosh. Then for the following year, the psychiatrist sexually abused Danny during their sessions. Oh, my gosh. Like his dad, this was a person who had been trusted to care for Danny, but instead just added an extra layer of grief and trauma to his already painful existence. That's horrible. Oh, my gosh. 
In his early years, he established himself as a small-time thief. He spent his evenings breaking into people's properties and stealing their valuables. As his burglary skills increased, so did his desire for torment. By age 15, he was breaking into people's homes and not only taking their possessions, but also leaving behind items in his wake. He was invading people's homes just for the purpose of playing mind games with the owners. Like he would take stuff and then maybe like a few or a week later, he would break back in and leave it, you know, Mm. where they would just find it and be like, what the fuck? Honestly, kind of genius. That's fucking creepy. It's terrible. It's creepy. But like, if I were like going to break in at people's houses, I would just break in and steal the batteries out of the remotes. (laughs) <laughs> Steal the batteries out of the remotes and have the whole family fight over who stole the batteries. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so after the Bowens, uh, Daniel yeah. was arrested and charged with four counts of kidnapping, four counts of armed assault in a dwelling, breaking and entering, larceny of more than $100, and malicious destruction of property. He was only 16. So he was placed in a juvenile detention center where he remained until October 1987. Almost immediately following his release, Danny returned to his life of burglary. During one of his robberies in November of the same year, he obtained two handguns from a neighbor's house. On um, December 1st, 1987, Daniel LaPlante broke into the uh, Gustafson. Gustafson's home with gun in tow. The house was empty when he broke in, but his plans changed when 33-year-old Priscilla and her 5-year-old son William returned home. He considered fleeing the house by jumping from a window, but instead he decided to confront the pregnant mother and her child. Oh my gosh. Danny put William in a closet and tied Priscilla to the bed. He proceeded to rape her and then shot her twice in the head. Oh my gosh. He then drowned William in an upstairs bathroom. While trying to leave the home, he encountered seven-year-old Abigail, who had just returned home from school. Danny lured her into the downstairs bathroom where he drowned her as well. Oh my gosh. The husband, Andrew Gustafson, got home from work around 5 p.m. and discovered his wife in the master bedroom deceased from two gunshot wounds. Andrew would say that he ran out of the house and didn't look for his children because he was afraid that he would find them dead. So he, you know, people were like, why, why didn't you go look for your kids? And he was like, because I just... He knew. He knew. Yeah. yeah. And he did, oh not, he did not want to see them like that so he immediately ran outside and called police the children's bodies would later be discovered in the bathtubs by the police uh there was a ton of physical evidence to collect including dna from the rape kit i guess he had opened up a can of beer while he was in there before they got home Uh, there was Mm. bullet casings and a shoe print that was discovered in the flower bed just outside the house Daniel was already on the police radar because of his history, and they knew that he was behind a string of break-ins in the area. While he hadn't murdered before, and this was a giant escalation in violence, they thought that he could be behind the three killings. The manhunt began, but Danny just couldn't stop himself from acting out again. A few towns over, he attempted to carjack a woman and took her and tried to take her with him in the vehicle. Thankfully, she was able to escape. Police put out an alert in the area, notifying the public that he was on the loose and armed and dangerous. 48 hours later, Daniel LaPlante was found hiding in a dumpster. He was taken into custody where he flat out denied any involvement in the triple homicide. He said that he was at home watching TV for most of the day before going to see his little niece's birthday party. She don't want you there. I mean, hopefully there's not a pool, but investigators, (laughs) damn, sorry, Uh, investigators discovered one of Abigail's, Abigail 
Gustav. How do you say that again? Gustafsson. Gustafsson. I want to say Gustafsson. No. Whatever. Um, they found Abigail's hairs located on one of uh, Daniel's socks, which Oof. sealed his fate. Abigail gotcha. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> but there was a lot of evidence in this case. Daniel had even thrown the shirt and gloves he wore that night in the woods near their home. Rookie ass wow. mistake. Oh, Boy. Yep. Mm. He was hiding in walls at one point. I mean, I don't think he was cared that he got caught. Mm. A year later, in uh, 1988, Danny was sentenced to three life sentences for the murder of the Gustafson family. In 2017, Danny LaPlante actually appealed for a reduced sentence, but the judge found out that he was he's never been remorseful for those crimes. Instead, the judge affirmed LaPlante's sentence of three consecutive terms of life imprisonment. He will not be eligible for parole again until 2062. He ain't getting out. Nah. He don't need to. Never. No. Like, how lucky was that first family, though? Yeah, that's true. There's no telling what he would have done. I mean, he just messed with them, but he didn't actually hurt them. No, he didn't. He just he mentally tortured them. them. But the fact, yeah. I still want to know, like, oh, he so he just randomly called these girls. How did he get the phone number? How did he get, like, the backstory yeah. of how that happened? I want to know. Phone book. He just picked a phone. random. You I mean, nice. maybe he had been watching them. He probably stalking names. her. Probably. And then was like, hey, let's go to the fair. She went to the fair with him. Stupid. But she went to the fair, she hung out, and then on the way home, she was like, <laughs> yeah, gotta go, where's the door? One of the articles said that while they were on the date, he somehow, I, I, I don't know if he, she told him or he, yeah, she told, said something about her mom passing away, and he just kept on asking questions about her being dead, like just kept on and kept mm. on and kept on and kept on, like asking questions about her mom being dead, all this crap. Like, she, like what happened to her? How she like how? I guess, happened. but it, she was like, that was yeah. one of the reasons she was like, yeah, I'm gonna go home. Yeah, right. I don't really want to talk about my dead mom anymore. Yeah, mm. but thanks for the fair pizza. I'm gonna get my pickle pizza to go. Please. Oh my gosh! I need y'all to wrap this up. Wrap my pickle pizza. No, up. I will not make out with you. <laughs> Absolutely not. You're asking me questions about my mom. Did you ever watch the Mary Kate Ashley movies, like the slumber yes. party movies? Of course I did. Hot yeah. dogs. Put it on the pizza. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. Oh, it was one of the. It was a slumber party ones, and they were making pizza, and they were singing a song about all these weird things you can put on pizza. And they were like, uh, uh-huh. put it on the pizza. And then they'd be like, cookies, put it on the pizza. <laughs> you know, I'll show you The only one that, the only American Ashley movie that I remember is like when they're older, I want to say they're like teens, preteens, and they go on like vacation. And then they that meet, was every single one. Where they they meet, go on vacation. They meet, it's like a tropical <laughs> destination. They, they are, I know. Then they meet these two boys. That's every movie. <laughs> You're Literally. talking about Billboard Dad when they're in Australia? No, that's not the no. one where they're in. That's not the one where they're in Australia. Um, You're right, though. That is like every movie yeah. that they make. What is the one when they're in Australia? <laughs> Mary Kate Down Under. <laughs> Something. I don't know. Regardless. I liked Winning London and Passport to Paris. Those were my two favorites. Mm. Not New York Minute. No. <laughs> no, not that one. No. Never that one. Never New York Minute. Passport to Paris. Winning London. <laughs> Just this. Morgan, what do you think about that story? Look right. up uh, Danny LaPlante okay. and look at a picture of him to, and describe him to us. <laughs> tell us, tell yeah. us what you see. Good, good, good one. Good one. Wait, hold up. Or do you want me? Let me do you want me to send you one so we can know uh, which one you're talking uh, about? Hold on, I'll send you one. Yeah, yeah I will. Oh, I will. 
<laughs> we don't care if you were going to say no. We're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Okay. You have no Let rights. find the best one. Hot dogs. Hot dog, hot dog, hot dig it dog. Hot dog. Here's the thing. Neither, oh one, of us have, neither one of us have children, but uh, we know that. Who doesn't know the Mickey Mouse theme song? I would, I would be remiss if you didn't. Coming at you. Okay. Ooh, I got another one. Hold on. These are the two I sent her. Mm-hmm. All right, Morgan. What do you see besides the devil? The devil well, speaks for me. that's a good term. Uh, I mean, you can just tell. The devil speaks for me. Obviously. It's like dark, creepy. <sighs> yeah. Tell me that. Tell me that. I would not trust him. <laughs> But you know what's fucked up is when I look what? at him, especially in that first picture, I see a little boy that is damaged to no end. Right. Wow. Mm. I want to know how he, how he got his body to contort into fitting into the wall. Because he was about 5'8". Is that what I you just looked up. Oh, fuck. I'm taller than him. <laughs> little bitch. Like, what are you going to do, little <laughs> bitch? With your hatchet. So how are you going to sleep tonight, Morgan? Honestly, that gave me chills, not gonna lie. In I'm gonna find your roommates and somehow Stop. contact I'm gonna somehow contact them and be like, please no. start tapping in the middle of the night and try no. to get more. No. House is creepy enough. Like you can hear every little thing. Ugh. No, no, no. We're gonna make it happen. No. Don't you dare. Come on, Morgan. No. You need a little excitement. No, I don't. I'm Keep good. Keep you on your toes. I'm good. Just think of it as a little uh, we miss you present. No. <laughs> your your, your, cool. your fear. <laughs> Literally curl. Don't you dare. All um, right. Well, hopefully we didn't scare you too, too bad. Take some Benadryl. Not <laughs> oh, shit. Take some Benadryl. <laughs> easy. So she doesn't. Easy. <laughs> Take it easy. Come For God's sake. Jeez. I'm kidding. Be careful. Well, that was a creepy one. I liked it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to talk to you again and have you back. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll put those pictures of uh, old Danny Boy on our Instagram. So if you don't follow us already, go do it. It's at lady underscore you're scaring us. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. I swear to God, if you get my roommate in on this, I'll be Oh, my God. She swear to God. That place has changed you. We are rubbing. I think it's us. I think we're rubbing off on her. (laughs) Don't you dare. All right. Let's get a Ouija board. Nope. Too far. Nope. (laughs) Bye this time for real. Bye. Bye.